Are you ready for some football? Yeah, the 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 real football, the one where they actually use their feet, you know. And tell me, Nick, why isn't the National Football League called the National Handball League? I kid, I kid, I kid. I'm sorry. I don't mean anything by it. Go Saints. We suck this year, so I'm going to pick fun. Anyways, we are about to be back from international break. Uh, Nick and I, we ran into each other tonight at the gym. He said, Critty, you sound terrible. And uh, yeah, I've got the uh, the post, um, I guess it's post-summer something maybe i got this in california congestive failure of the head but anyways it's going around right now it's seasonal and uh nick i know you you've been fighting it but um how are you doing this international break what have, what have, what have you been uh what have you been watching these last 10 days where we had no club football yeah, man, I'm doing good. Just uh, fighting the same bug, my friend. Uh, I was focusing on some Euros. Euros were exciting. We got a lot to get into with these uh, group matches. Um, we had some comebacks, some epic meltdowns. We we had uh, a lot. And also a, uh, a shocker in the South American World Cup games also. We got a, a, a side that hasn't won a game against a certain big club or big national team uh, in about 22 years, so things are changing in South America. So we got a we got a lot to get into, man. We certainly do. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's just like the I don't know if like the temp. I, it's it's weird to me, real quick. But like, I feel like the summer to fall transition was slower last year. It's like it turned October and it just turned cold. Absolutely, no, no it was cold for us. I'm sure. Yeah, that- definitely definitely quicker way faster because it kind of eased in hell I, I think what two or three years ago we were 75 degrees in christmas and now all of a sudden right. early october it was 60 70 degrees and for us in charleston that's not normal at all so well i told you that i poured myself a glass of of willet and uh hopefully the bourbon will take care of the, the park circle grunge or whatever it is that we got oh yeah going on here but um <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, let's uh let's jump right in. So we had some some interesting results happen over this international break. So we have two basically two big big contests coming up to decide some big nations either getting into the Euros or being left out. And the first one that comes to mind is right now finding themselves in third place with I believe I think they have a match in hand. But Italy currently are fighting to get in to claw their way in, and um, yeah. So, so, so let's talk, and Ukraine are in second place right now. So let's talk about that. They still have a head to head with each other, and that yeah. could be. I think that's on November twentieth. Yeah. So that could decide it all. What do you? Who do you like in that matchup? Um, yeah, Italy plays North Macedonia, and we know Germany had a hard time with Macedonia a couple years ago to uh, miss miss out uh or if i'm not mistaken something happened where they they lost that game or no i take that back hold on north macedonia beat i think it was italy to not think it was italy actually yeah Yeah. it was italy i take take that back germany did lose to them but that was just in a, a nonsense game italy lost the playoff to the world cup to macedonia when they had um what was it? It was 32 goal attempts that match. Well, anyways, they got North Macedonia and then Ukraine. And if 
if uh, Italy don't beat North Macedonia and then beat Ukraine, they are officially toast for the Euros. And as we know, they won the Euros last go round. So this is uh this is big. I mean, I know we say it a lot recently with Italy missing big tournaments, but they've got to they got to make this. Ukraine only has the one game, and that's Italy. So handle business in Ukraine. Well, it won't be in Ukraine, of course. They're in the middle of a war, but handle business at your uh, neutral venue, and uh, you go to yeah. the Euros. <laughs> you don't want as I as I as I said the other day. You yeah. don't want Italy and Ukraine playing in Lviv and Putin accidentally drops a bomb on the stadium oh, and then he do. kills two national teams. Oh and I, I do wonder at that point what, the, <laughs> what yeah. the rest of the world would do if you literally killed off the Azuri while they're in Ukraine playing for the – I mean, oops, yeah, I'm going to take my hand off the red button. No, so yeah. they're not going to play in Ukraine obviously. But um, yeah, so Italy is the most – confusing national team of the past decade. They um, dropped out of the World Cup in 2014. They have not been seen since. Yeah. In the European Championship in 2016, they were eliminated by Germany on penalties. Um, Did not qualify for the World Cup in 2018. Nope. Then they qualify for the European Championship. For the 2020 season, obviously, which, uh, sorry, 2020 calendar year, which then got postponed due to COVID, they win the whole thing. They are the defending and reigning European champions. And then they miss the World Cup uh, in Qatar for 2022. It's They are a very puzzling piece uh, of pie right now, uh, Italy are. So, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not going to say... I definitely, if I were in the betting game, if you're on, you know, um, the, the the books or whatever, I I wouldn't put any kind of money on on Italy to do no win, lose, or draw because they're just too unpredictable right now. I mean, you just never. You know, know. They, they, they were one of those clubs that when they had like Paolo Maldini and they had, um, you Pirlo. know, the, huh, Pirlo and yeah, and- Pirlo exactly. And those guys, and basically the back four for Juventus, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's and, exactly and, you know, what it was, too. Yeah, that's literally. And they had the, the, the greatest goalkeeper in the world, you know. So, yes. so, so when, when, when those sides, you know, the 2000s, when they obviously, uh, you know, won the World Cup in 2006 in Germany, that, that era is over. And it's, it's just really, you got the Chiro Immobile era right now. And on that, you know, some of those teams also were like Francesco Totti. I want to, you know, give him some love too uh, from Roma. But yep. there's, um, there's, 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 you know, Serie A, oddly, has also taken kind of a dip in the top yep. five of European leagues where they used to be number one yeah. in the 90s. They're now fourth or fifth, however you want to order them. You know, it's like, okay, the Premier League, La Liga, and then you can go probably I would probably Bundesliga, very close yeah. with Serie A, and then obviously France is yes in fifth, but but they're they're starting to come up even right. So, um, yeah, Italy's a very confusing nation right now in terms of football. They're still lack, very good, but they're just unpredictable. Lack an identity, man. I mean, we just can't. 
we you can't you don't know what to expect. I mean, goodness, I'm telling you, when they lost that game to North Macedonia in the freaking World Cup playoff, who in the world would have guessed that one? I mean, watching that game and just watching the terrible finishing in that final third was just absolutely atrocious. So what year? What that would this would have been? What year for uh... this was into um, Qatar World Cup. So remember they did they did the bracket for World Cup qualifying. Portugal had You're right, yeah. Whoever uh, March twenty fourth, they lost to North Macedonia one nil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with thirty something shots. I'm telling you to this day You're I You're right. Thirty thirty two shots to four. Yeah. yeah. And Alexander Trudkovsky scored yeah. in the ninetieth plus two. Yeah, Paul Mario legend. I mind you, he played with the the, the Uruguayan god Cavani. And the Argentinian uh, uh, god uh, uh, Dybala, whenever yeah, yeah, Paulo Dybala, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Juventus, Juventus god, yes, <laughs> Juventus yes. god. Um, the- yeah, the stats on this match are are insane. But here's it's the thing, though, Nick: um, thirty-two shots for Italy, but only five on target. Yeah, Ch- so, Ch- so Ch- take that, take that, take that for what you will. The Mobley man, I'm telling you, the guys, it's just you, you, you enlightened me on something with him when he was playing in Germany. I had no idea he was a BVB bus, dude. And I, I oh, follow a lot. Bus, and, yeah. Yep. And I had no idea. So he got lucky at Lazio. And I'm telling you, the guy just nationally, he's just, I wouldn't play him. I'd let a youngster get a shot. But we're going to see, man, this Ukraine Italy match. We, you already remember the date. I, I want to, I want to get, <laughs> I say this a lot. We're both both really busy, but if we could get together, that's one thing I would want to watch because Ukraine's very exciting. You got Mikhailo Modric. You got uh, uh, um, what's his name for Zinchenko. You got some big guys on that team who can play, man. And uh, and I would like to see. I kind of want to see Ukraine just do it, so Italy can just wipe everything out and just try to just let the youngsters play and restart. Because right now they just have no identity, man. I, I would like to see that, but who knows, man? This is going to be a close one. It'll be good. It'll I just be remember like- when Ukraine yeah. used to be Andrei Shevchenko and just yeah, like it was either yeah. it was do or die with him, right? Yeah. Uh, I also a- remember him just destroying the United States in the World Cup, uh, <laughs> two thousand six, I believe it was. I do remember that Ukraine was grouped with the USA, and that was a, a Shevchen- that was a Ukraine masterpiece. But the other one. Okay, so um, another – I don't want to say underachieving, but they also – so they finished third place in 2014 in the World Cup. They beat Brazil on home soil after the Germans just demolished them just the game before that, and that's the Netherlands. They also finished as World Cup runners-up in 2010 to Spain. Close final there. You know, you would have liked to have seen someone like Arjen Robin, uh, Van Persie, those kind of yeah. players win – uh, the gold medal finally, but not, not to be done. Then in 2016, they missed the European Championship. 2018, they missed the World Cup. Um, they're back a little bit. Yeah. The Netherlands, Holland, whatever you want to call them. But right now, they find themselves in the same spot that Italy find themselves in. And that's that's uh, in third place. So Greece, right? Greece. Well, they're they're tied with Greece with 12. Um so, and Netherlands but has them on goal difference. Yes. And, yeah. and well, Gre- yeah, Netherlands has two matches left. Greece has one. 
and Greece plays France, who's already qualified, who probably don't care. And then Netherlands have Ireland at home, and then they play Gibraltar. So really, yeah. Greece need to beat France, and Netherlands just need to win out, and Netherlands will advance um, because they do have the match in hand. So not as so worrisome for the Netherlands, but they still need to finish handling business. You know, It's not just going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, it's easier said than done. I mean, these, these qualifiers are not what they used to be. And you could, you could, you know, 20 years ago, there wasn't as much parity. And you could basically say, you could basically pick the top two in each group yeah. pretty easily. And, and they now, would usually people out. Yeah. Right. Like, so now yeah. you have so much parity. A lot of these, uh, the former Balkan states, so the ones in Yugoslavia are Croatia, Serbia. They're, they're, they're good now at football. So, absolutely. Um, they they've they've kind of uh emerged and taken the spots of some of these other countries so it's not a gimme anymore so now you have to have three teams there's sometimes three really good teams in these and you know they they group them out you know you don't have your Liechtenstein and Luxembourg and yeah the rock of Gibraltar not not the rock what the spell <laughs> with the rock is cooking but the rock in Gibraltar that that's that's not um that's not the case anymore it, yeah. there's an odd man out or there's an odd yeah. country out and so you don't yeah. just Unless you're the host, there's no guarantee. Yeah, I want to say this Group G is actually – it's funny. You said a couple of these names. Hungary, Serbia, Montenegro, those are all the top three teams in that group. And, you know, years ago, those teams would be getting destroyed and demolished. Your Sobo had a – I texted you and told you he had a lights-out game against Lithuania with a goal and an assist to bring them back because Lithuania was beating them. And stuff like that, you just don't don't typically Hungary, see. Hungary was a non-factor for years. Yeah, they I want to see. Non-factor. And then in the last five years, I think going back to 2018 maybe, they've come up. And, of course, hey, Liverpool legend, Liverpool god, Sobosai. Absolutely. After, after, he's a god after like nine games, right? Absolutely. Um, anyways, best signing of the season for Liverpool by far. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean they have a lot of their players have out of out out out, out of Hungary. They have international experience. They played in the Bundesliga, they played yeah. play in other top. countries where they've gained experience and so yeah. Hungary now first place in their group. Absolutely yeah. 10 years ago would have been not even up for debate. They wouldn't be qualified. They they would have been out of it yeah. probably on the fifth match day. They've lost Much two less. out of their last two out of their last fifteen, and you, no one in this, no one would ever guess that five, you know, four years ago, you would have said, "Hey, twenty twenty three, Hungary have lost two out of their last fifteen matches and only drawn like two. You'd go, whatever, dude. But because of midfield play, because of Sobo and 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 whatnot, they're doing amazing. I mean, with Serbia on their heels, you know, I I, I agree with you, man. Hungary, those players are just playing in those better leagues. And it's showing in this national team; these guys are playing great. I mean, what do you just, think? What do you think Hungary's rank is in FIFA? Oh, dude, probably in the 30s or 40s. Yeah, you're right. Do you want to just take yeah. one number guess? I'll say 32 without looking. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. 32. They are I'm not right looking. In front of, they're right in front of Wales, and they're right behind yeah. Poland and Scotland. 
Yeah, well, I'm not looking. I guess 32 because, it, dude, we talked about this at the gym. FIFA is taking money because some of these teams that are ranked top 20 shouldn't be there. Hungary should be flipping with someone like USA. I mean, we're going to get into that, but they should be flipping spots because Hungary would, would wipe the floor with the United States right now, and they're ranked 32 while USA is in top 15. It's a joke. So, yeah, man. Um I think uh, one team I don't know if we talked about. I want to just say quickly is Poland. We we talked about them last USA show. Is eleventh, believe it or not. Oh god, that's a joke. I'm not. We'll get into that. But Poland is is one of those teams we talked about last time where you asked me if I thought they were going to go. They that are sitting on ten, and Czech Republic has eleven. So we are looking at Poland possibly not qualifying with them only having one match left against the Czech Republic. And the Czech have Poland and Moldova. So that's another big match we need to mark on our calendar on the 17th, Poland versus Czech. Whoever wins that, I feel, gets the second spot and will go. To not see Mr. Lou in the Euros would be big, man. This He's getting up there in age, so he might miss this. So... We're going to talk about two top 15. Actually, all three, all three of these teams are in the top 15. Uh, the big friendlies from this past international break, which had no bearing, obviously, on the European qualifier because Germany is already qualified being the host. But they came to North America for a little quick tour, as uh, was joked about. Bayern Munich came to <laughs> came to United States for a quick tour. Um, yeah. That being that Bayern Munich makes up a large portion of the German national team. Anyways, uh, took care of business against the USA three to one. Mm -hmm. Just a typical, you know, Germany does not respect the United States in football. The what I told you on Saturday was that basically Twitter was like, okay, you beat France in your last match to kind of, um, rub off the 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 stench of the Jap- Japan match and then but the Germans basically are like well the USA sucks so you can't gauge anything off of it. USA is ranked 11th in FIFA right now. I guess by beating up on like Honduras and Guatemala and Ecuador who basically are third world countries that I don't know how they can afford a federation but they can't even afford to feed their people. Yeah. But anyways, the USA beats up on them, sometimes even loses to them. Yeah, and yeah. right behind them, 11th is USA, 12th is Mexico. And the Germans drew with them 2-2. So out of six possible points, the Germans take four. This is Nagelsmann's Germany. So he officially has taken over. And it looks like he's possibly turning the screws a little bit to get this juggernaut, four-time world champions, three-time European champions. They've won it all. They've done it all. But they've had a rough go of it for the past five or six years. It looks like maybe he's doing some 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 screw turning to make this 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 well oiled machine uh, come back. So what do you what did you take from the take away from those two matches? Um, to me, real quick, the Mexico match, the U.S. I thought Germany played really well against the United States. I thought that they dominated most of it. They it was convincing three to one. Uh, the goals were well deserved, well earned. The Mexico game, Mexico's physicality got to Germany a little bit. You could see when they were moving the ball up, uh, Tomas Müller was having a lot of trouble doing his free-roaming style of football, his Raumdeuter. He wasn't able to get as much breathing room as he wanted. 
And when Florian Bietz and like Musiala were moving the ball up, they were they consistently could not dribble around their defender. Yeah. So what did you what did you I mean two two it was a draw. Germany were up. Rudiger scored the opening goal. But um, you know, like I said, uh four out of six points. What did you make of these two matches? I uh I watched the USA and I kept up with the Mexico match. Um I I watched a little bit of the Mexico. When it was two two, I watched like the last ten or fifteen minutes. I, I really wanted to see Germany beat Mexico. But like you said, man, that back line from Mexico was holding tight. They uh they did have a hard time with it. But I just feel like they were play they played in two days, you know, not much rest. It was a friendly I didn't pay much attention to it. I didn't take much out of that. I do know that this is gonna be this is progress. We're going to see progress. These players obviously didn't care for that last manager. I don't care what anyone tells me, man. So this that- is what I'm asking you. Do you see any difference now? Because this is yes. basically the same starting 11 that Hansi Flick used. Do you see a progression? Do you see something? Yes. Let, let me, let me, let's make it clear. Florian Vietz is going to be, if he's not already, a superstar and we're going to get we're going to talk about him a little bit in detail when we go because our three big topics are talking about the three surprise clubs in the big 5 leagues right now that we picked out. One of those is Bayer Leverkusen who leads the Bundesliga and the best player for them possibly is not guaranteed Boniface is very good but but could be Florian Bietz. He's a staple in the German national team without injuries he will be there for the next 10 years. Yeah. And I look for him to probably be wearing a Bayern kit, uh, sadly, 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 in the next year or two. But God. Musiala already wears the Bayern kit. Thomas yeah. Miller already wears the Bayern kit. Uh, who am I? For, Joshua Kimmich already wears the Bayern kit. So Mane. my point, huh? Yeah, Sane. Mane. Uh, Sane, yeah. sorry, Leroy Sane. Yeah, yeah, Sadio Mane used to, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's also not German. Anyways, um, are you noticing – a systematic improvement since Hansi Flick was let go and Nagelsmann took over. Yeah, watching them closely. I mean, I watched the first half of the USA match. I had to work, and then I watched the end of the Mexico match. I yeah, I just think they they're they just seem like it's it's. I know it's kind of broad saying this, but it seems like they just care more. It's like there's more passion. Like they. The passes are more crisp. They're they're focusing that more. I'm telling you, it just to me it seemed like those guys did not give a dang about anything that the um that uh, flick was saying. They didn't care, man. It's like they didn't believe in him, so it showed on the pitch. I mean, you could see it on the pitch, dude. Those guys just the last what year of Germany has been just bad, man. You know that. This is your. These are your boys, and and you can you can agree with me there that they it just seemed like they just weren't into to what Flick had to offer, man. They didn't they didn't uh, have that passion for the game. It's it's funny when a new manager comes in, things change, and we're about to get into two teams. I know at least where they made a managerial change and things changed. That players change, players play harder, they focus more, uh, they tend to get more uh, output in their position when they're played in the proper position and that they actually are listening to what their manager has to say. I mean, Uruguay did it with Belize ball. They just beat Brazil for the first time in 21 years. 
stuff like a manager managerial change it does matter and this germany side you can tell that they actually care now i just i, really- I like this lineup nick um i'm i'm still not convinced by the fullbacks with gosens and jonathan ta and a yeah. noticeable change for the usa match ta was on the right outside yeah and he was a center back for mexico but listen to this antonio rudiger mats hummels Jonathan Ta is the right back and Gosen's the left back. Then in midfield, you have two number sixes in Pascal Gross, obviously Brighton legend, yep. and uh, Ilke yep. Gundogan, Champions League winner last year with Man City. Yep. Then you have uh, Sané, Musiala, and Wirtz in the attacking midfield positions, and Niklas Füllkrug, who was up front. So they score 39th minute, Gundogan, Füllkrug does his job, 58th minute, and Musiala... 61st minute. So within, what's that? 22 minutes, Germany scores three goals, puts it away. I I, I really, really like this match. And if you look at the overall stats, they outshot the USA 19 to 6, shots on target 7 to 3, possession 60 40 in favor of the Germans, 625 passes to 401, pass accuracy for Germany 91%. And they were aggressive. They had 11 fouls, which I don't necessarily, I don't hate on that. And, you know, they did it all away from, from Germany. They were, they were, they were in, uh, I believe this was in Connecticut, I think was where this yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so singling out this match, did, did you, what did you like what you saw in this match? Yeah, I like the, it's funny seeing a uh, oh, I'm sorry, and Pulisic scored. I got to mention it, 27th yeah. minute. Yay, okay. Yeah, Captain America, yes, he got his goal. Got it, and then they beat up on Ghana. Um, but that, yeah, I don't even, it was 4 nothing. I think. But, yeah, no, they, they played great against Mexico, man. I, I was surprised Mexico held, held tight. Oh, no, USA. We were talking about USA, man. Oh, USA, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, dude, that was uh, – <laughs> It's funny, man. I I find I don't rate the USA national team, man. I really don't. Our federation is a joke. Um, The federation is laughable, man. You got Greg coming back for the second time. I just they they looked they looked good. I think the first half they looked decent. I think we can we can uh, we can say that. But then they just fell apart, man. I mean, Pulisic had that goal. I mean, Germany just manhandled them in the second half. I watched the first half, and of course I kept up with it uh, at work for the second half and just saw an absolute brutal beating. Um, I, I just – it was great. I was so happy that Germany beat the brakes off the USA, man, just shut some of the USA fans up because we're just not – and I say we're as in Americans. They're not ready for these European powerhouses, man. We see it all the time in the big tournaments – they get to the playoff, and what happens? The class, it disip- the the um, the world ca- world class players from Europe always will outshine these Americans that that get stuck in the MLS. Now we've talked about it before. There's a there's a stipulation from the federation where USA has to play MLS players. It's real. You can and look it ridiculous. up. I, yeah, I, I've I've seen it. It's a joke, and when when we hosted the World Cup in it, I think it was Atlanta, right? In 92, 94? 94, yeah. Yeah, so when we hosted it, you had to have a domestic league for in order for FIFA to recognize you to host it. So they had the MLS started, 
and the federation made a stipulation to where you had to have some MLS players participate in the World Cup. So, therefore, we're stuck with these shit players, and we will never be able to compete in a top a top level, man. We just won't. And how FIFA have us, I think you said 11th is a joke. I know I steered off from the Germany match, but we're just not – we you will always see us maybe make a playoff and then get get beat, man. Just like we did against. Let, let me give you one. Let me give you an even better example of FIFA having the USA ranking wrong. I just mentioned to you about the 2006 beatdown that they got from Ukraine in the uh, the World Cup when it was in Germany. Do you know that at that time the USA was ranked fourth in the world? That. That doesn't even make sense. I don't even understand. They were ranked that. fourth and got and did not make it out of the group stage. They got absolutely <laughs> waxed in the group stage. That was I don't know why I think we grease FIFA's palms, man. Hey, rank us high, please, please. And then when it's time to show our how good we are or how crap we are, then they they show their true colors, man. That's ridiculous. There, well, are you I'm sure? I'm gonna say this. Like, like I said, when when you check the Twitter, uh, basically. The Germans basically said to, 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 to translate it, it was like, "Wir wissen nicht, wer wir sind, weil die USA bringt sowieso nichts." So that's basically saying we don't know who we are yet because the USA is, is not going to—they're not a good a good team anyway. Yeah. So it's like you can't judge, even though they're ranked eleventh, technically higher than Germany. The Germans still do not respect them. Of they have not. far more respect for Mexico, who's actually behind the United the States. Yeah. Right. Um, interesting real quick on the notes to the Mexico match. He, so he switched Ta from outside to inside. Uh Nicolas Sule, who is a natural center back, played right back. Oh, wow. Rudiga and Gosens remain unchanged. Gundogan and Gross remain unchanged. The attacking three, again, Sané, Musiala, Wirtz, and then Thomas Müller up front. Uh So... A little bit of, I mean, Nick Kostula as a as a, as a as a fullback. I don't know about all that. Yeah, no, that yeah, he had to be just trying, just friendly man, just trying stuff out because Todd's usually center back, Leverkusen, correct? Yeah, that's Todd? correct. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's what I thought. So he. Probably just just messing around with stuff, man. He got he has to be because Sule, he yeah, definitely not your your conventional you know, back right there. Yeah, that's that's surprising. He had to be just toying around. Yeah, well, we singled this out because they're the hosts of the 2024 European Championship. Yeah. And obviously, they had it was a, a big match for the USA. It was a big match for Mexico. And Germany came to North America. Actually, both of them were in the United States. One was in Connecticut. The other one was at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. So those were big. Um, those, the, the, you know, we wanted wanted to definitely give those a mention. For sure. And, you know, Germany, did, yeah, did the last three matches, two wins and one draw, one draw to Mexico, a win over France and a win over the USA. Yeah. No, I, they're, they're doing their job, man. I'm telling you, I, I said it maybe on the first – first pod we published or maybe one before I I just I feel with the managerial change that's exactly what they needed because they have the talent take take uh Fulkrig out of it and I think they got the lineups right you know I I, he's the only only guy I I could just care less about but other than that Germany got it man 
I, I, yeah. I expect them to go deep in the Euros, 100%. Yeah, especially as the host nation, you would think so. Yeah. All right, so we are now going to move into our big focus, which is going to be our surprise club so far. This is our... This is the third international break, I think. I think it's the third international break. And we still have one more next month. So. Yeah, don't remind me of it. Anyway, yeah, ridiculous. Um, but we we're, we're going to look at some clubs that have, have have overachieved for what you and I we decided. Okay, let's let's talk about these three. Um, they've overachieved so far. Can they keep it up? And let's look at a result like the last five years and. Are you okay if we start with Leverkusen? Yeah, dude, Leverkusen's that's my new that's my new club, man. I'm waiting to okay. buy my Well, everybody watch out because Nick Nick will jump bandwagons if you don't. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will buy that kit so fast. All right. Um so looking back, we'll start with the 2018-19 season, okay? So Leverkusen finished 4th. They made it to the round of 16 in the German Cup. They made it, they were in the Europa League that year from the previous campaign. They made it to the round of 32. And top scorer was Kai Havertz. Then 1920, they were runners up in the DFB call. They finished fifth in the league, but they were in Europe, UCL. They made the group stage and then dropped out as the third place team. Made it to the Europa League quarterfinals again. Top scorer Kai Havertz. Then that was uh, 2021, 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. They finished sixth. So in successive campaigns, they've gone backwards here: fourth, fifth, and then sixth. Yeah. Round of sixteen in domestic cup, Europa League, and joint scoring champions. Uh, they made Europa League round of thirty-two. I should say Lucas Alario and Leon Bailey. Then 2021-2022, their best finish in the past five seasons. They finished third in the Bundesliga. They, again, uh, based on the previous season, were in the Europa League. Round of 16 this time. Patrick Schick was their top scorer, and they made it to the round of 32 in the DFB call. And then 2022-2023. So last season, they finished sixth after a terrible start. Absolutely horrid start. UEFA Champions League group stage, then Europa League semifinal. And Musa Diaby was their biggest scorer with nine. And first round of the DF people call, first round exit. Currently, they find themselves undefeated in the Bundesliga. They are top of the table, and their only blemish is a draw to Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena. Yeah, two two, which they had to come from behind to get that result. Yeah, shocked everyone. Let's talk about let's talk about Bayer Leverkusen under Xabi Alonso, Florian Wirtz. There's new blood there. There, there's do. How surprised are you, Nick? Let's evaluate this club. How surprised are you that they are where they are? How surprised are you that they took a punch from Bayern and punched back? And more importantly than anything else. Can they keep this up? I, I mean, you know, we were both surprised. I mean, we both talked about – I mean, we were talking about Bayern Munich having the league wrapped up by Thanksgiving, I think. 
I mean, we honestly, with Harry Kane, we're, we're saying that that could actually be a possibility. Were, were we not? Didn't we We talk about them having yeah, – Yes, we did say that, and I, I honestly did not – I believe that they could wrap – because I thought that Kane would come in and break all of Lewandowski's records. Yeah, absolutely. So to say – to say it's not shocking would be a load of crap because I mean, we, everyone on this planet thought that adding Kane would just make, you know, make Byron this powerhouse. And here Leverkusen is sitting in first place, 23, four and only six against, I mean, 19 points. And then you're, you got Stuttgart, which is still above Byron sitting right behind him. I mean, this is absolutely a shock. Do I think they can hold it up? Of course. I mean, Boniface, you got the youngster, starting up front who is, uh, you know, even works looking good for even the national team. So well, let's have- talk about some other players. You know, they have the failed Manchester United player, Timothy Fusu Mensa is on this, yeah. on this club. Also, let's not forget uh former Arsenal starter, right. Granit Chaka. He's mm-hmm. there. Jeremy Frimpong from the Netherlands is also there. And Patrick Schick from the Czech Republic. Yeah. Schick. So, yeah. Schick, Jonas, Schick. Jonas Hoffmann came over, and of course Jonathan Ta, who we talked about, he's yeah. the vice captain playing for the German national team currently in their back four, and Lukas Hradecki, the goalkeeper, a fantastic yeah. goalkeeper, and Grimaldo from Benfica came, and he's already right. he's only played seven matches, two goals. I mean, for a midf- for a defender, uh, you know, a, a, a eight, seven or eight. I mean, that's that's good. I, it, they they have a squad, man. Granite Xhaka coming over has really done a lot too. I mean, that guy knows how to play and knows how here's to hold the, down. Here's the thing that we talked about, right? We talked about this on the last podcast, I believe. Borussia Dortmund did not lose, and I want to make this very clear. Bayern mopped the floor with Dortmund last season, okay? Yeah. Dortmund finished level on points with Bayern through 34 match days, and lost the league because of goal differential. It's not the Bayern matches that matter. Yeah, It's the matches against Mainz. It's the matches against Augsburg. It's the matches against Köln. Those are matches that Bayern, if I just take the three squads I mentioned, they will take nine points out of nine. Yeah. In the past, Dortmund take five out of nine from those. Yeah. Okay? Two draws and a win, or two wins and a draw, so seven and and there's there's your two point differential right there. Byron's already ahead of you. Yeah. Leverkusen so far this season have beaten, and I I I told you I think very first match day I thought Leipzig would beat Leverkusen. That was the actual opposite. Yeah. I this th- they have so far been able to sustain this, and so that's my question to you is can with the squad that you see on paper barring any big injuries or whatever. Yeah. Um, the return match, return fixture against Bayern is at the Bay Arena in Leverkusen. Yeah. So, um, you know, is this, is, this, is this sustainable for them? Yeah, Can I you- think so. With somebody like Xavi Alonso, I mean, Liverpool legend, man. I mean, the guy, the guy knows his game. I mean, he's a, he's a midfield maestro. He knows exactly what he's doing. He 
I feel like that's exactly who they needed. I mean, he is, uh, he grabbed that, that, uh, team and has them just kicking behind. I mean, looking at these matches where they've just destroyed these teams, man, even including Leipzig, including Muchen Gladbach, you know, Darmstadt, you know, I know they're not much, but I think they can sustain it with someone like Xavi Alonso at the helm. You're in good hands. I mean, just even as a, I know player manager doesn't usually translate, but when you got a guy who's passionate like him, not only for Nate not only for nation, but for club, I mean, you know, well, you're, you're Liverpool guy. You know how Zavi was great player knows exactly what in the world he's doing. I see this being sustained 100%. I mean, they, they drew with Bayern in on their home field. Just like you said, they keep beating these teams they're supposed to, and you can just draw with Bayern Munich. You have a chance. So the next five matches are pretty substantial because they have, uh, they have Wolfsburg, that's in, that's away. Then they have Freiburg, who, of course, is a perennial top 10 Bundesliga club in the last five or so years. Yeah. Then they have Hoffenheim, who is another surprise team this season. Very. They're doing very well. Then yeah. they have Champions League side Union Berlin, who is struggling mightily, but they they're still they're they're still a pretty good side. I mean, you know. And then, of course, they finish that five-match run with Werder Bremen. And then the very next week is Borussia Dortmund at home in Leverkusen. So that that is a massive head-to-head match. So the next six matches are very, very big for them. And I, it would be remiss for me not to mention that the seventh match is against VfB Stuttgart, who currently is second place. They are probably – I would say they're an even bigger surprise than Leverkusen other than the fact that Leverkusen is in first place right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Stuttgart are absolutely killing it, but they have a loss this year, and it's a rather nasty one to Leipzig. I think it was 5-0. Yeah, 5-1. They got Leverkusen, Leverkusen is undefeated, and that includes the match against Bayern. So, Nick, what do you what do you see out of these next seven matches for I mean, Leverkusen? You're the Union Berlin match. You you already know how that's gonna go. Do I? Uh, D- yes, dude, okay. they are. So, oh my gosh. Okay, but here's about- the thing, though. Here's the thing, and this is why I mentioned this, Nick. This is why this match to me is not exactly written out. They've already dropped their first two Champions League matches. It's it's been nice, but thank you for coming. Thank you for playing. Uh, we'll see you again in 15 years. Yeah, I see so, where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. Berlin's gonna have to to have to focus on the Bundesliga. Yeah. To get up for for to, to survive, all right. Yeah. They they are yeah. not in the same financial situation as Leverkusen, Dortmund, Bayern. Um, who else am I missing here? Um, Leipzig. There, there we go. Yeah. Leipzig. Right. So they they they're going to have to start kind of going away from the Champions League and saying, okay, we've got to get our house in order domestically. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. So about that. that's why I'm saying, not that not match is not written in stone. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because after losing to Braga, that the way they did too, they in Champions League, they're gonna have to start focusing on domestic because right. they're gonna they're gonna screw around and end up like Schalke or or Hamburg or something. And that's the that, only reason I say that because yeah. based on current form, you are absolutely correct. But that is one, two, three, four. That's four match days from now. Yeah. And if Berlin does not get their stuff together, 
they they have to focus on on their 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 league is their existence. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. You get you get relegated to that second tier, you can end up stuck, and you gotta right. you gotta fight. I mean, there's clubs in that second or third tier who have been stuck down there for twenty, thirty years. So, well, yeah. out of the out of those seven, uh, what's the toughest matchup? So we got Wolfsburg away, Freiburg at home, Hoffenheim away, Berlin at home, Bremen away. Dortmund at home and Stuttgart away. I would say the Stuttgart and the Hoffenheim. Gotta yeah, be. I, I would tend. I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, Stuttgart. This they're the, they're going to be the ones that are. <laughs> can they keep this up? That's going to be yeah. the interesting one, right? Yeah, Based absolutely. on current form, you're absolutely right. But I yeah. think because it's only three weeks away. The Hoffenheim match, I think you're absolutely right. At Hoffenheim, three yeah. weeks from now, that yeah. could be that could be kind of a banana peel for them to slip on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and Hoffenheim doesn't have the <clears throat> the defense like Leverkusen does, but you're you're in Hoffenheim, so that could go that could go any way. I mean, those two matches will be very important. I say this: Leverkusen can win those two matches. And maybe get a draw or two with Freiburg and Wolfsburg, and not take any uh, any red, any losses in those. And you can really start seeing that they are definitely for real. I mean, because even after that, in December, you you know you got Frankfurt, Bochum, uh, Augsburg, the next three, which are all three winnable matches, also as these teams are at their current form, you know. So they they win those two, then you're you're looking at them being for real for sure. I, I mean, them and Stuttgart are really turning out to be the surprise of the whole season of all this European stuff, if you ask me. And I, I no disrespect to Stuttgart, but I'm not going to look at their next five. I'm looking at Bayern's next five, okay? Yeah. And this is why it's crucial that Leverkusen keep it up, because listen to Bayern's next five matches. Mainz, Darmstadt, Borussia Dortmund, Heidenheim and Cologne. So they'll you have all those. <laughs> okay. And normally you would say, okay. And I, cause I can't, I want to know what this, and it's, it, for, it's in Dortmund. It's actually in Dortmund. Okay. So this is their chance. All you Borussen, listen up. This is your chance. You don't have to travel to Munich first. Now you're actually getting Bayern at home first, but Nick, we all know how this ends, right? Oh, big time. Big time. It doesn't matter if they play on the moon. Bayern Munich are going to put it on to BVB. I mean, and anyone who thinks otherwise, you're probably just a BVB fan. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. So so then, so what do you, so do you, you give Bayern all 15 points of that, right? I mean, goodness, to see them maybe draw one or two could be likely or could be possible, but mine stands no chance. I mean, they have a match with Galatasaray in the middle of there, uh, which will be not difficult. And, and I know we're talking about league, but then you go into Darmstadt, then they play the Polkow match against Starbrucken, easy, and then into BVB. I mean, I don't see them losing any of those, including their other competitions, man. Darmstadt, no way. Mines has not been good at all this season. 
Do you yes. know that? Okay, this is okay. Listen to this. This is you're gonna. This is gonna flip. The last time that Dortmund beat Bayern was in 2018, three to two, and that is sandwiched in between a five nil loss and a six nil loss. Oh my God! To who? What? So I think I remember that too. 2018. That is the last time Bayern have one loss to Dortmund in the last 13 matches. One. Yeah. Um, they, they last lost to Dortmund three to two uh, in, in, in uh, looks like that is, uh, I see 10th a of no, the 10th of November, 2018. And before that, that's uh, what I was saying was it's sandwiched in between a six nil loss, and uh, then the one after the three two win was a five nil loss. Okay, so I'm my my head to head is showing me the Super Cup final where BVB won on a. Paco. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just talking strictly league. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I see that. Oh my gosh, so you're talking about? Yeah, they absolutely destroyed BVB in between there. So yeah, dude, this. God, that five! I remember when that happened. I mean, that three to two was was a was a, a crazy match too, because Robert scored the two, and then Reus had a brace, and Paco scored in the seventy third. Oh yeah, that that's not surprising though. That's typical BVB. You win a match against the the super team, and then you get smashed the one after five nothing. I mean, since the twenty since the twenty fourteen fifteen season, Nick. 2014-15 season. Bayern has 14 wins against Dortmund in the league. Yeah. Two losses and two draws. Yeah, man. It's like they're it's like the little baby brother who Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> that Dortmund are going to lose that match and Bayern yeah. are going to get all 15 points from the next 5 weeks. So it is absolutely crucial that Leverkusen keep pace. They have to because, I'm you, because they, Bayern are going against a bunch of bottom feeders. Yeah, and I'm telling you, they know this. Zavi, Zavi has them honed in. They absolutely know that, that if they slip up, they could lose that top spot. And you, you still have Stugart right behind them too, man. I mean, this is, this is. I told you when we talked, uh, maybe today or the other day, that this is turning out to be probably one of the most exciting. Uh, beginnings for some some leagues that we've had in quite some time, man. I don't remember the last time I was paying attention to the Bundesliga like this. I just don't. It's been, it's, it's it's been always, a minute for sure. It's always Bayern Munich, always. Same thing with France. It, there was just no reason to follow it that much because you already know what's happening domestically. So this this Leverkusen being in that in this shocking three teams we speaking about is fits perfectly, man. I mean, they, they just, they got to keep it going and Zavi has to keep them focused. Just stay focused, pull these out, do what you need to do in Europa. Also, it'd be nice to see them win Europa, not to say that they will, but keep, keep focused through all this, maintain your top one, two and keep winning these games. And you will have a chance at the end of the season. I mean, we just saw it with BVB last year. They had their chance. We know what they did. But if someone like Leverkusen was in the same place that BVB was, I feel they would have closed it out and won that game and knocked Bayern off that that uh, top spot. So yeah, keep it up, Zavi. 
I applaud you, sir. Good. As do I. As do I. Yes. All right. Well, then moving on to our second team. Uh, they currently okay. So this is this is the one that's wacky, right? So they they've been they've spent more time in the second tier in the yeah. past five years than in the first tier, and that yeah. is Girona FC, which is yeah. currently the second place team in La Liga. They are ahead of Barcelona. They are ahead of Atleti, and they find themselves second only to Real Madrid, who gave them a good waxing a couple of weeks ago. So we know who the kings still are. Yeah, uh, but. 2018-19, they finished 18th in La Liga and were relegated. Yeah. There's no European football here to talk about, so this is going to be easy. No. Quarterfinals of the Copa del Rey, Christian Stuani. Remember that guy? Yes, Stuani. Yeah. Uruguayan legend. Yeah. So he was top scorer. Then in the second tier, they finished fifth. He had 31 goals that season. They made it to the round of 32 in the Copa del Rey. The next year... Second division again, fifth place, round of 16 Copa del Rey. This time it was Mamadou Celia who had 11 goals. Then the next season, Segunda again, they get the sixth place, but they win the playoff. Yeah. Round of 16 in the Copa del Rey, Cristian Stuani again, 24 goals. And this past season, La Liga, they finished 10th, and Castellanos is their top scorer. They got to the second round of the Copa del Rey. Right now, though, okay, are you surprised or not surprised? You were talking about oil money earlier today. Are So are you, are you surprised that they are where they are? Because this is a team that just as recently as two years ago were in the second tier. They're currently, and I say this with a grain of salt, they're currently in a Champions League spot in yeah. Spain. Okay, they're not going to win the league, just to be clear. Leverkusen can win the league, okay? Yeah. But Girona or not, can Girona hold on to a top four spot and get the Champions League, Nick? That's the question. And how surprised are you that their only loss so far this season is to Real Madrid? I mean, I I did talk about oil money. I want to say that, you know, the the leading scorer for Girona – uh, last year was a guy who was playing in the MLS at New York FC. New York FC is also owned by the CFG group. And I want to just name some of these clubs that they own. Girona, they, which they bought in 2017. They own Yoko, uh, Yokohama, the Mariners. They own Melbourne City, New York City FC. Uh, the big one, Manchester City. They own Troy's. They own Palmero, which is the Italian club we spoke of. With the Hungarian guy uh, who scored that goal to get North Macedonia, or the Macedonian guy who got them through in the World Cup playoff. Oh, yeah, Palermo. Yeah, they used to be Italian royalty. Yeah, Italian royalty. Yeah, absolutely. They the pink jerseys. They had those awesome pink kits, man. Yeah, I just said the pink jerseys are a must-have. Then they just purchased by a club in the Brazilian Serie A um, league. So, and they're owned by very wealthy guys. I mean, as you know, um, they also own a Uruguay inside, uh, torque. Um, so I get, it is surprising being, I mean, there, you want to know how many people their stadium holds 12,000. That's it. So you got to imagine a club like that. It's like Luton size. I mean, Luton, their stadium was in somebody's, you know, it's in somebody's backyard. I mean, you open their window, you could throw a 
uh, cup onto the field. I mean, that's how small these these stadiums are. So to say they're uh, it's not shocking that they're up there is 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 a is a small is a small statement, man, or a big statement because it, it is surprising to anybody. They, they they did not play in La Liga until 2017-18, Nick. Yeah. They've been in Segunda, 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 Segunda B, Tercera. They they have been a a farmer club. Yeah. I mean, literally in terms of size, 1933-34 was their first season. Yeah. They didn't play in the La Liga in the, in the top tier until 2017-18. They qualified 2016-17 as second place in the second tier to go up directly. They lasted two seasons and then went back down. They, yeah. They've spent three of their – I mean, you got to go back to pre-World War II, 1933. Yeah. Um, th- their history – They've been, yeah, they've been, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, small time minute, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're in their 87 year uh, history. Their first time going up was, um, was, uh, that year, the season you spoke of was the 2018, um, yeah, 2017, 18. I mean, that's a long history of going without being top tier. So, I mean, that they was all down in the fifth tier, Nick. 82, yeah. 83, they were in the fifth tier. I they see. spent much of the 80s in the fourth tier, <laughs> much of the 90s in the third tier, then back in the fifth tier, 97, 98, fifth tier, fourth tier, third tier. The 20 teens were a little bit nicer, mostly in the second tier. And then yeah. finally, at the end of the decade, five years ago, they made it to the top. But I mean, yeah. So are you attributing? Are you attributing this all to an influx of money? I, I I would I would say well it's it's funny man being that I I see these smaller leagues like the Torque team they have in Uruguay the uh, New York City FC um, Melbourne City which is winning uh, the A League in in Australia they they switch these players out. I mean, you'll have a guy who's doing amazing in the Uruguay domestic league, and then next season I'll see him playing for Girona. I mean, that's what they do is is they'll they'll pull these players from someone where they own a club that they own, and they'll bring them to the small the one club above them that's a little bit bigger and see if they can perform. That's what they're doing. It's like they have an academy, but it's with ten other clubs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so they they have all the these ten clubs with all these players, and they literally they just pull them from one club and send them to another. So it's not too crazy, but it is kind of crazy because you're talking about being ahead of Barcelona. I mean, that's one of the top biggest clubs on this planet, man. Barcelona. Their average attendance uh, for the twenty twenty three twenty four season right now is the highest in club history at 12,275. They have seven wins, one draw, and one loss. Their one draw was on the opening match day, I believe, to Sociedad. Yeah, Uh, which is a great team. Yeah, and then they lost to Real Madrid, which there's no shame in that. They right now have 22 points, second place, and a plus-eight goal differential. They've been nowhere close to that. Their average attendance... For the 2019-2020 season was 5,964 people. 
Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it, it was actually it, worse the year after that, the Corona year, uh, not, not Corona, like a Spanish Corona. No, I'm, uh, the COVID, uh, 2021, 2022, 4,983. Yeah. They, there's that. They, that was posted. the season they got promoted. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, less than five thousand per match. Yeah, I mean that's that's insane, dude. There's there's that many people at our local, you know, uh, battery match, dude. It's insane, right. and to see them at the top like this, like you said, we're not saying they're going to go ahead and win the league or anything, but could they snag a fourth place above Atletico, above Sociedad, above Barcelona? Ah, uh, it's going to be hard to sustain it. Right, that's, that's my question to you is, okay, so nine matches down, 29, Nick, 29 to go. God, that's They're, so They haven't played, let's see, we got the results here for them. They've played Sociedad, Getafe, Sevilla, which they've won. That's one of the, I'd say, the big six in Spain. Villarreal, they've won. They beat Las Palmas, Granada, yeah. and Cadiz, and then they lost to Real Madrid. They beat Mallorca. Okay, yeah. so they still have to play Celta Vigo. They have to play Barcelona. They have to play Valencia. They have to play Bilbao. They have to play Betis. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, you know, there's – and Atletico Madrid, you know, also January 2nd. That's a big one. And oh, that- uh, that's my question to you is, is it is – it, is it sustainable? Usually, for we them see to, 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 to finish in the top four. Yeah, usually we see clubs like this. You know, they'll do this at the beginning and then crash out. And and I just, I honestly, that this it's probably going to be what they do, man. I mean, you you don't you don't see these clubs with you know ten thousand people at their games hold sustain this against juggernauts like Madrid and and Atleti and, and Celta Vigo, even Sociedad, you just don't see it. I feel like in January we'll kind of be saying, wow, what in the world happened? I could be wrong, but you're talking about a, you know, uh, a, a club that has, I mean, yes, they have backing, but they don't, their, their lineup alone isn't worth, you know, a fraction of what Real Madrid have. I mean, think about it. Bellingham was over a hundred, that's probably three fourths of your owner's team. Might be all of the team. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt, don't doubt that you're not right on that. So yeah, dude. But you're saying so. You're saying though, but that they're part of this uh, bigger Group. picture of ownership. Yeah. You know. So yeah. what gets allocated to them? That's the question. Is is are they going to get enough allocated to them to? keep building on what they currently have, or is this a flash in the pan? No, I think they nine, will. Nine matches. See you later. I think that it'll continue. I do because you have the, the money backing. I mean, you know how football's changed. We talk about it all the time. You got, you got United fans begging to be bought by Qataris. I mean, when you got the money backing team C teams like city and, and whoever, but just purchase people and, and get the trophies, they think that's all they need is the money backing. And I think, Yorona, with this little bit backing that they do have, they can stick around. Now, can they win the league every year and turn into a Real Madrid or a Barca? I don't think so. But 
I think they're they're definitely a, a top six, top eight to stay. I mean, they have the cash. They have it. It, it, it's, it. They're just a fascinating club to me because they literally have no history. None. They've, they have they've, none, and, yeah. and now they're trying to make history. Yeah, they're making it right before our eyes, and, and the, the Yorona followers and supporters are probably absolutely thrilled right now. To say you were a Yorona fan whenever they were second tier and fourth and third, and then seeing them battle teams like – like Barca and Sociedad would be just like a dream come true, man. Right. And and that's that's when you have a club like that that gets an influx of money, I don't know. It's it's like that they've never they've never tasted any real success. It, it is kind of heartwarming and it's funny because then they win five league titles like City or whatever and you get tired of them because yeah. they're but you know, I'm sure at the time 2013-14, when City won that first title, I think that was their first, uh, under Mancini. But I know that was a historic one because it came down to yeah. the final match day. Uh, I believe the that Aguero. was their first. Um, huh? The Aguero, Aguero. Whenever Aguero yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now. My The the, the congestion in my head is, is brain-fogging me. But I, I, it was either first or second in terms of Premier League. Anyways... Y'all, y'all, you people just have to forgive me. My memory's yeah. good, but it's not that good. Um, that was a that was the Gerard slip season. I do remember that one uh, against Chelsea, which you know that helped contribute to that Manchester City title. But anyways, you know, you 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 do have that romantic that romance moment where it's like, man, this is such a feel good story. Yeah, until it's not. But you you said it today. I think you put it best. Real Madrid's not going to let that happen, if you know no, what I'm saying. Not at all. No, man. You not not going to let it happen. Neither will Barca, but they'll they'll let them they'll let them fool toy around right now, but when things get down to when the rubber hits the road as they say, yeah. You know who you know who takes over. Yeah. Well, Nick, that brings us to our final club that we're going to focus on. They also Okay, well, before we rule it Top five, top five in the Premier League after eight match days. Direct qualification to the Europa League at number five sits Aston Villa. The top four advanced directly to the UEFA Champions League. At number four, shouldn't be there, but they are, with 17 points, is Liverpool. Number three, and I mean that as in they should be higher. By the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, number three, Manchester City coming off of two losses. They are third. And <clears throat> two London clubs occupy the top two. They're even on points. They're even on goal differential. Six wins, two draws. Both are undefeated. Yes. Arsenal have come across Manchester City so far once this season and have defeated. They've slayed the Dragon. Spurs have yet to play them, but Spurs did get a very cheap, very, uh, I don't even know what I want to call it right now. Um, it's a total sham of a victory, but they won nonetheless. <laughs> and Arsenal finds themselves in second via some really crazy tiebreakers. And Spurs, Spurs are in first place yeah. in England after eight match days. Which no one and they're doing it all without the services of Harry Kane, of Sir Harry Kane, Prince yeah. William, Prince William, you 
you godsend you, you, yeah. you wonderful, <laughs> bald English prince, you. you. His favorite player is now gone to eat sauerkraut and Brayton and beer, beer and Senf yeah. and all the good stuff at Oktoberfest with the Germans in Bavaria yeah. at the Hofbräu house. Yeah, so Harry Kane. Spurs, we said this, right, Nick? Like, they're going to be left for dead, right? Eighth, ninth place, if they're lucky. Good, yeah. Good good on them. Yeah, lucky. No, they find themselves in first. Nick, explain this crazy crap. The manager, man. We talk about the manager flop. Or not flop, the manager switch. I mean, I, you know, people, when I make fun of Harry Kane, they always would laugh at me and, you know, this guy's one of the greatest. What are you talking about? Like, sure, he gets his goals. He does his job. He also has son on his side to serve him up and, and take some attention off of Kane. But I just – I never thought he was I, – I just – I don't think he's – he. I, I liked Robert more. I liked, you know – other strikers more uh, than I did Harry Kane. And with him leaving the club, everybody thought it'd be bad. And I swore that it was going to help Tottenham out. And I didn't think it, they'd, you know, help him out to the point of them being first, but look at how they're doing. It's like, they're spreading, just spreading the ball around more. Other people are getting their, uh, their chances. You got son still doing his thing. Um, it, it's just a whole different team without Kane and it's for the better. I mean, you know, this is, this is the ultimate, right? This is the ultimate textbook definition of addition by subtraction, right? This reminds me like in major league baseball, when like a, a a mid-market team has one excellent player and they trade that player for a bunch of prospects and those prospects hit. And then for like three or four years, like the Kansas city Royals in 2015, for example, they win a world series, right? Yeah. And, and 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 so happy and proud of that 2015 Kansas City team that beat the Mets, right? But that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, not that that was the exact scenario, but I'm saying they those kind of like with Spurs, you find you catch lightning in a bottle, right? You give away yeah. your greatest asset, and they say, "Well, where are the goals going to come from? Who's going to score?" Yeah. Well, you know, you still have Son on that team, who's a fantastic player. He's Absolutely. he's an absolute world class player, and one of the fastest sneakiest his timing is impeccable on his runs his positioning flawless and his finishing might be above flawless he doesn't miss i have as much if not more respect for him than i had for harry kane as someone who puts the the ball in the back of the net and then you have you know contributors like like Richarlson then you get Madison who comes over from relegated Leicester this is this is like a team which comes great together and I felt like with Harry Kane they were too one-dimensional yeah no I agree man I mean if you didn't get Harry Harry Clausey you didn't get him that ball you weren't going to win the game as Tottenham I mean it just didn't happen very much well, I, I like to- what you did there Clo- close it yeah Miroslav's close <laughs> to Harry close it yeah I got you so yeah man it, it it's it's i like your your reference to the to the kansas city royals man because god that was an abomination that was terrible but that's addition by subtraction man i mean getting rid of kane just opened up so many so many different doors and avenues for these other players to shine i mean madison has got to be one of the signings of the season top five for sure 
I mean, this guy already got player of the, of the month. Not that that's much, but still an accolade. And people are recognizing it that Madison said, screw this playing in championship. I'm going to the Premier League or going to stay in the Premier League. And he's playing at, at top level, man. I mean, Madison's playing it's world class right now. What are your thoughts? I would love to know your thoughts on, for instance, Christian Romero. What do you what what do you make of him so far this season? Uh, you have the subs, obviously, Ivan Perisic, and yeah. of course, I would love to know what you think about Richarlson. So I, I know this team very well because I I watch oozing oozing expressions. He's a good. I I can't wait for Tottenham. Well, games doesn't your I girlfriend love... want to be a Spurs fan? Yeah, yeah, she's actually. Yep, that's her team. She picked Spurs. Oh, it is so. officially now. That that's her. That's okay. who she chose. Wow. So we're, okay. yeah, man. So the house divided. I got nobody. Whoever I choose, <laughs> maybe, maybe Leverkusen, and then we got Tottenham. So I, I watch him all the time. So I know this team pretty well, man. I, I mean, watching them collapse has been highlights of my my days many a times. Um, gosh, Richarlson scoring the goal, taking jersey off, just to have Jada go down the pitch and score a winner was prime youtube history man i mean i still watch that video to this day i've even sent it to you it's so beautiful um, it's the fact that it happened against liverpool yeah screw you dude. yeah i love that yep if i ever get the chance to to speak to that guy I would i would remind him how much i love that video but you know pete romero is it's funny because he was doing so amazing for for argentina and then you'll see him blow a, a easy block or a, a coverage for Tottenham and then he'll give up goals. So he little wishy-washy, but he, he, he has his moments, but right now he's playing top level. I mean, Romero can't miss at the moment. You got Richarlson who came in for Neymar last night and stunk the place up. I mean, the guy, if I'm not mistaken, he admittedly went to therapy and counseling because he was doing so bad for his club and country and uh, it apparently turned him around. He did score the other day, and then he did score a goal, if I'm not mistaken, for Brazil also. So I just – I don't rate Richarlson. He, he's the kind of – he's the Brazilian guy that belongs on Everton, that belongs on uh, you know, where else to play. I, I, uh, I'll say this real quick because I do want to say this. Um, I have a lot of respect for him in terms of getting help for that and not just yeah. – putting it aside, the, the, the mental health aspect of it is so important. These are athletes and these are also human beings. And the human fact being, that he, dude. you know, he got, he didn't have the ego and he didn't have the pride. He went and talked to someone and got the help and it, and it made him a, a better person, better athlete, better human being as a result. And it's turned him around this season. I have to like, I understand as a Liverpool supporter, he played for Everton and he did the whole stupidity last year when he scored the goal against us and then it had you know basically thrown right back in his face and they ended up losing. Yeah. But I will say from me as a person to him as a person, much respect, man. Like I I I, I don't I can't fault him for that. I think that's a big yeah. step. And he made it a deal to you know talk about you know how these guys and ladies, you know, athletes. They go through some some stuff, you know. I, you know, without getting too profane here, yeah, they go through some stuff. 
going public with it was big. I mean, I, I felt the same way. I mean, mental health in 2023 is very important. And yeah. he being that world-class athlete, just bringing it to the light was big and, and it actually helped him. I mean, the guy is back in scoring some goals at least. I mean, he, he was pushed off to the bench and when you would see him come on, you would be like, Oh my gosh, now we're definitely not going to score. But now you see him come on and, and he actually puts out a good performance and it shows, I mean, Tottenham in first place. I'm telling you, this stuff we're talking about now, you told us two months ago, we would have laughed in your face, man. I mean, it, um, it. Well, right. So beyond that, though, they're, they're so far. So they, they've had, you know, they, they've played United, Manchester United, that is. They won 2 0. Um, got the draw with Arsenal. Yeah, beat Liverpool under very odd circumstances. That's uh, this is the best way I'll put it. Yeah, uh, the rest of it though, like uh, Luton Town should beat them. Okay, they beat them one nil. Sheffield, you should beat them. They're in the bottom of the table, two one. Yeah, they beat Burnley five two again, bottom feeder. Bournemouth bottom feeder, two nil. Brentford two two. They're in the top half of the table, but they're not juggernauts. Yeah. Okay, so next five matches. Uh, they got three London derbies in these next five matches. They get yeah, Fulham, they Crystal Palace, and Chelsea back yeah. to back to back. Two of those are at home. So Fulham and Chelsea are both at home. And then the yeah. Crystal Palace matches at Selhurst. Then they yeah. have Wolves at Wolverhampton and then Aston Villa at home yeah. again. So what do you, So we've asked this question now. With Leverkusen in terms of winning the league, we've asked this question with Garona in terms of finishing in the top four. I don't know how I should phrase this question because the Premier League is so competitive and it's so tight up there at the top. Because, like I said, you know, Aston Villa is right there. Then you have Liverpool. Liverpool and Man City are within three points. So, one match of. Yeah being level on points with Arsenal and Spurs. So, uh, well, City would be actually one point ahead of them, 21. But Liverpool would be 20. Yeah. And so my, my point in this is, where do you, I'm going to give it to you in terms I, – I, I would ask the question, is it sustainable for them to win the league? Spurs haven't won the league since the 60s, okay? I, 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 I cannot bring it – I you know, tell Jennifer I'm sorry, but I yeah. cannot – as a as a, a a a fan of the sport, I cannot bring it to myself to ask, can they win the league? But Nick, how far can they go exactly uh in 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 domestically this year? With I mean, what they seen... have and with what they have left. Yeah, I mean we got a long way to go, but we've seen them we've seen them, you know, go deep in champions. We've seen them get to the final, lose to your boys, I mean, they didn't. I didn't feel like they didn't stand a chance in that match, anyways. But whatever. Uh, you know, the next three matches are definitely winnable. Chelsea's finally on the up, but it took them a while. Uh, but those three matches are winnable. It's funny because really, one match day can change everything at the top. That's how close it is. So to see the Spurs hang on out all the way to the end and continuously winning like this. 
you know, getting those referee calls that they've been getting is a is something that hard okay. to predict. I, I just I don't know, man. Just well, you made me. a great point, right? So let's start. We, we the one thing we didn't do, and we'll go back to it real quick, is we didn't look at their last five seasons. So if you start with 2018-19, they finished fourth place in the league. They were runners up in Europe. They lost to Liverpool in the Champions League final. Uh, semi-final of the FA Cup. Oh, sorry, the League Cup. League uh-huh. Cup, sorry. Semi-final of the League Cup. And then they finished uh, round four of the FA Cup. Then 2019-20, you start to see a trend here, okay? Yeah. They finished sixth in the league, uh, fifth round of the FA Cup, round three of the League Cup, Champions League round of 16. Harry Kane, back-to-back seasons, his top scorer, 24 goals each of those seasons. The next season, they finished seventh in the league, Runners up in the League Cup, round five of the FA Cup, Europa League, round of 16. Harry Kane scores 33 goals as the top scorer. The next season, fourth place. This year, they were in the Europa Conference League. They they don't get past the group stage. Obviously, they were not interested in the Europa Conference League. Harry Kane, 27 goals, top scorer, round five, FA Cup, semifinal League Cup. And then last season, they finished eighth. Champions League, round of 16, Harry Kane, 32 goals, top scorer, third round, League Cup, round five, FA Cup. Okay, but eighth place, that's the that's the, that's the big one right there. Yeah. They don't play in Europe this year, okay? No. Nope. And you and I both know that the last time, and I believe this is correct, the last time a team did not play in Europe, that won the Premier League was 2016-17. That was Antonio Conte's Chelsea, I believe. Yeah. Can, because Spurs do not have Liverpool's Europa League or City's Champions League or Arsenal's Champions League or Aston Villa's, are they, what are they, Europa League? Yeah. Conference League. Conference League, sorry. Yeah. they don't have that extra burden, Nick. Is there? Yeah. Is that? Could that play a factor in them staying up there? Yeah, of course. And they actually got knocked out the FA Cup too, so they're down to the one domestic cup and then the league. So yeah, I mean that that's definitely a positive for them. They they could. I mean, really, their only focus is the league. Who you know, winning the cup. Of course, it means something to Tottenham fans. Um, because they just want a trophy. I mean, gosh, those they haven't sniffed a trophy in decades. So they might want to focus a little bit on that that domestic uh, trophy. But dude, having that not having that European competition is big. You're you're right because Conte did it with Chelsea, Diego Costa, and and Hazard, who is just recently retired. But they uh they they can really focus on that league. I just it's Tottenham, man. It's hard to. It's hard to just say that they're going to do it. I mean, you can agree with me. I, I take yeah. take take your your uh, club out of it that you follow and support. Yeah. What do Tottenham do? They blow it. They bottle it. That's just right. what they do. So to really say that they could win it would be kind of crazy. I mean, you still have City, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, uh, you know, Brighton, and whatnot. Seeing Tottenham win the league this season would be mind blowing. I mean, they would burn London down. 
So, I mean, the the, 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 the question is, then they wouldn't have to rotate the squad as often. You know, that's – Yeah. So that's the question is, is are they going to be able – that gives them a competitive advantage specifically in the league over all of the rest of the clubs that we mentioned. Because yeah. everyone else has to rotate or has to play in these other competitions. I believe there's so many competitions in England. It's, I, so I, I think besides Spur, I think everyone else is still alive in yeah. the League Cup and the FA Cup that of the top five that I just mentioned. That would be Aston Villa, Arsenal, Man City, Spurs, and uh, Liverpool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that that that's 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 kind of my bigger question is is is, is do, barring any kind of like major injury injuries. I think their squad's strong enough. But I you're, think you're, that, hey, but you you failed. We failed to mention one guy who's been. You mentioned James Madison. <clears throat> we we talked about Richarlson. We talked about Romero. How about Kulusevski, man? Yeah, yeah, Kulu. Kulu has been came off in the from chain. Juventus. Like that guy <laughs> has been. Playing out of his mind, been a workhorse, man. He really, he really has. Kulu has changed everything. He uh, he came in to be doing two. He came in two seasons ago to be doing what he is doing now. Granted, it took him all this time, but he is really coming of age, and we're seeing it firsthand. And because of him and Madison together playing out of their minds like they are, they are top place. I think they have the squad to where they could do it, but it's just hard getting past that history, man. It's so hard. I mean, not having to rotate for all these competitions is is big. Barring any injuries, you're looking at Sun and Kulu and and Richarlson, Madison, you know, keeping this team up. I feel like they can do it hanging on to those Champion League spots, but will these other clubs falter? And let them stay up there. I don't. I just don't see it happening. Kulusevsky's only twenty three, man. Yeah, dude, he's t- so young. I'm telling you, they got him when he was so young, and 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 thank God they held on to him and gave him kept keep letting him play. I mean, two, last season he wasn't very good. I mean, he was hurt a lot. Now that he's playing well and he's not injured, I mean, the guy is really showing out. Yeah, that's crazy. He's twenty three. I thought he was about twenty four, twenty five. So to be that young is just insane, man. I mean, all they, fair they enough, got, you know, that we, they're pretty much, besides, you know, uh, Hugo Lloris, who's still on the roster, he's 36. You yeah. know, you have uh, Christ, Christian Romero, he's 25. Pedro yeah. Porro, who they got, he's 24. Gosh. Even Ben Davies is still, he's only 30. Yeah, and then man, you, so Hoyberg is twenty eight, Madison twenty six, uh, Betancourt is twenty six, and then you have yeah. Son is thirty one, Richarlson twenty six, Perisic the sub is thirty four, Kulusevski yeah, twenty three. Perisic will be gone, I think, after this this season. Yeah, yeah, so he's just a he's just a like a short term. Yeah. yeah, runs around for a little bit. Um, yeah, runs around for a little bit. I mean, and his crosses are like hit or miss. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, dude. Sometimes he's he's absolutely terrible. It's hard to watch him sometimes. But they got they got a young squad. I mean, this could be a bright future for Tottenham. I mean, the fans fans are happy. They're loving this um, this manager they got. This this Scott come from the Scottish league. You know, people didn't hear didn't know about him. I mean, you got United fans who are jealous. 
hey, why didn't we get this guy? I mean, he's actually been that good for Tottenham. Well, so so you're are you are you ready to say that they will finish in the top four and be back in the Champions League next season? Right, let's let's get I think, some predictions. I think they can. I think they can. I think they could finish top four. Okay. I mean, who, who do you bump out? I mean, you, you got to think Chelsea's not battling like like I thought they might. Um, you're looking okay, at City. Okay, well, if you're going to – yeah, if you're going to – yeah, right. So you're going to have to bump out – Somebody. Okay, I'm I got saying- I got I, I, I to do this. I'm sorry. I got to do this. I got to do this. Yeah. Are United finishing in the top four? No. Of okay. course not. Are Chelsea finishing in the top four? No. Are Newcastle finishing in the top four? That's the one you. That's the one, right? Here. I knew that I was going to get you somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's it's. I'm telling you, flip flop the top two: City, Liverpool. You got Arsenal, and then I think Tottenham can grab that fourth or third. I think I think Tottenham could finish above Arsenal. I'm telling you, Arsenal's one bad injury away from completely crashing and burning. I'm, I'm mark my words. So as you said, um, they don't. The, the Spurs lost to Fulham on penalties in the League Cup. Yeah. So that gives them one, one domestic, one domestic. So they only have to worry about the FA Carabao. Cup right now. Yeah, or is that the Car- Which one's the Carabao? That's the Carabao I, Cup. Is the League? Okay, Cup. got you. Um. So that 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 so they they really they don't have any other distractions. None. You know that that's that's it, the thing. It's gonna be. Do we get a repeat of Conte? I don't don't think so. Just because of the the other level of the competition, but they'll finish top four. I think they'll knock Newcastle out, maybe even Arsenal. Because I'm telling you, Arsenal loses somebody like Saliba or Odegaard, and their their season they're gonna they're finished. Okay. Who do you bring in? Who do you bring in to cover for them? You know? So the last time. Okay, the last time that Spurs won a trophy of any kind was 2008. That's 15 years ago. They won the League Cup, okay? Oh, wow. Um, the last time that they won the – what wasn't the Premier League, obviously. Um, yeah, it was – I don't even know what it was called. Yeah, it was – well, I think it was called just the uh, the, the football the league. Eng- yeah, the English football, football league. league, yeah. Um, the last time that they won that was, um, I got to go back. Cause it's not called, it's not called the premier league one. Yeah. It's gotta be like seventies or something. Cause I've yeah, heard yeah, Uzin yeah, talking is. about his mom saw it. So, um, yeah, here we go. It's, uh, they, um, Shoot, this we're doing this live, so you know it's like, um, <clears throat> it's been a minute, man. Um, here we go, here we go, here we go. They uh, 1960 61. Yeah, I was gonna say they've, they've only 61. Yeah, damn, yeah, that's a long time. I mean, FA got... Cup, so the only competition they are still, uh, knockout competition. Is the FA Cup that last won that in 1991? So yeah. that's been almost that's been over 30 years. 30 years, and yeah. then yeah, English champions. It's been 61, 61, yeah, going on 62 years. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so I mean, yeah, they're, they're you would say they're due for something, right? Yeah, but they're king bottle jobs. You know that it's it's going to take an epic collapse from the top boys to to really give them a chance. Just like BVB handed the title to Byron last season, it'll take something like that to to give Tottenham an honest chance because it's going to be too tight at the top. It's just going to be too tight, too tight of a race. This isn't this isn't France, you know. The, right. This is this is the Premier League. This is where every single match matters. That's why when Liverpool got shafted with the referee calls, that's why it's so important because you flash back to games like that and you say this is where it was lost. So, therefore, you have to just you you gotta you gotta think these other clubs like City or, or Liverpool and whatnot. They they keep keep themselves up and don't give Tottenham that chance. Would I like to see it? Of course. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be nice for, for a, as a football fan, not following a, cert, uh, a certain club. Of course, I, I think it'd be cool to see. But, oh, my God, Tottenham fans would never be quiet. It'd be over with. I mean, nonstop banter from them. Because finally right. they could say we won something, you know? Yeah, all right, you convinced me. I don't think they're going to win the league, but I do think they could finish top four. Okay. Big time. Yeah, there's no – I don't see them winning the league. There's – I mean, our episode three, I, I'll, I'll have it marked. We talk about Tottenham. It'll be in the title, the description. We'll know to come back to it. There's just no way. All right. Well, our last thing we're going to wrap up here is, Nick, this weekend, I love saying this because we are back to club football this weekend. And myself and Emmeline, the little blonde Liverpool fan – we're going to be up early Saturday, and I, I'm not yeah. happy about it. But we've got the Merseyside the Derby. Yeah. 7.30. Not happy about it. Liverpool no. versus Everton. Yeah, 7.30. Liverpool at home. We're back at Anfield, and yeah. we're playing the, the Blues from across town. God, uh, you, who are... you got Who you got, Nick, in that match? God, you're a huge favorite. Jesus, y'all are like a two-goal favorite. Uh, three, three, nothing. They won't score. Okay. So, so, okay. So you're, you're predicting Liverpool three, no, they won't score. Salah's in form. He was even playing for Egypt. Salah with a brace. I'll give Darwin a goal off the bench. Three, nothing. The coffee fixture, man. Liverpool always stumbles during the coffee fixture. I, I, I understand. And you know, all this history stuff well, but I'm going to go, straight to my my football brain and say Everton don't stand a chance. I mean, Everton gave Luton Town their first win. You you can't sit here and I I you can't tell me anything that convinces me that Everton in Anfield is going to give Liverpool a, a a hard time. I'm saying 3 nothing. Everton score first. If they do score a goal, it'll be first and then Liverpool shut them down. 3-1 at Fair worst, enough. but my my final is 3 3 nothing. All right, so we got another big one at looks like let's see what's that uh, three twelve thirty. I I like the twelve thirty matchup Chelsea Arsenal. Chelsea, yeah, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Hold on one second. Okay, the ten ten a.m. I think it is ten a.m. matchup. Oh, City Brighton, Man City Brighton. Do you see yeah. City? I can't believe I'm saying this. City have been struggling in the league recently. Do you see a trend yeah. continuing, or does Brighton? Uh, get blown away in this one because they're at the Etihad. So what what do you like here? Yeah, Brighton away has been bad. I mean, they gave they gave up six. Aston Villa scored six on them. 
uh, this is where City get their oomph back. I mean, City at home, Brighton, terrible away form. I mean, Brighton away, they, like I said, gave up two to Marseille in, in European competition and then six to um, Villa, and then they let Chelsea win one to nothing, and that started Chelsea's back uh, their uprise. So, no, nah, Brighton, Brighton away from home don't don't scare me at all. I would say City. City take that easily, and they're actually almost as big of a favorite as Poole is to Everton. Okay. Chelsea-Arsenal, London Derby. Big, Let's big, go big matchup from Stamford Bridge. Go. Yep. What you got? God, Arsenal are favorites here, man. I, I got Chelsea. I, I got to stay with the Chelsea. I, I just – Saka's out. His legs hurt. Uh, Trossard is also, you know, their, their super sub not coming on. It's in, it's in, uh, Chelsea's home, Stamford bridge. I'm going to go one, nothing. And I'm going to say right. the, uh, the Ukrainian God scores the goal. Last, um, the Ukrainian God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last big match of the week finishes on Monday. We just talked about them for a lengthy amount of time, but let's go ahead. Spurs and Fulham, another London London Derby. Oh goodness, Fulham! Fulham uh, kicked him out of the out of the cup, but Tottenham breeze. Tottenham take this easily. What time is it? is that? Sunday? That's, That's Sunday Monday. Night. That's going to be 3 oh, it's PM. Monday. Yeah. Okay, we got Monday games back. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, We'll say Sun with the brace, 2 nothing. Okay. Fulham won't score. To those predictions, uh, Liverpool, I go, they win a squeaker over Everton, 2-1, to one, 89th minute. They get the final uh, goal of the match. They win barely yes. against Everton. City, uh, 4-1 against Brighton. Chelsea and Arsenal draw 2-2. And Spurs, 3-1 to one over Fulham. Quickly in the Bundesliga, let's look. We have, starting us off uh, two days from now, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. So Dortmund and Bremen. Uh I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go two to one Dortmund on that one. Dortmund and Bremen. Yeah. Uh yeah, you gotta you gotta lean Dortmund. You got to. Uh, I'll say I like the two to uh, I'll say yeah, two I like we'll go f- we'll go three one. Okay, uh, Berlin, Stuttgart. Berlin have to start getting serious here pretty soon or else it's going to be bad news for them. Stuttgart, of course, uh, second place right now, trying to hold on yeah. to that. So <clears throat> I'm going to say Stuttgart win this one 3-1 to one over Union Berlin. I'll say 2-3. I think Union go up 2 nothing, and then Stuttgart come back. Um, Gar- how, do you, how do you say his name? Garci? Yeah, uh, Garci, yeah. Barassi with the uh, hat trick to boost him to 16 league goals. Oh, damn. Hat trick for him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frankfurt and Hoffenheim. That's a pretty decent matchup right there. I'm going to go Hoffenheim 3-2 over Frankfurt. I'll say 2-1. 2-1 Hoffenheim. Just because Frankfurt has been losing. They lost their last two away 2-1. Two we'll say Hoffenheim 2-1. Okay. Then we have – I'm going to go with uh, Wolfsburg and – Bayer Leverkusen. I think Bayer Leverkusen keeps the magic alive. Uh, they win two to one over Wolfsburg on the road. I love it. I will say I like the two to one. And I like two one. Yeah. 
Okay, two to one, you said? Yeah, two to okay. one. I'm with you. Last one. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Gladbach and Cologne. I know it's a derby, but guess what? Neither one of you matter right now, so sorry. Bayern Munich and Mainz. This is big only because we're talking about title implications here in Germany. Bayern get the 4-0 win over Mainz. One to two. I'll say Leroy oh, Sané, okay. late winner. They're going to okay. struggle. Uh, <clears throat> quickly moving over to Spain. We've got, look at this one, Sevilla and Real Madrid. Now, on paper, that's big, but Sevilla struggling yeah. this season. I yeah, I got to go with this one, Real Madrid 3-1 over Sevilla. Yeah, actually, I, I, I'll say 2 nothing Real Madrid. I don't think Sevilla will score a goal. Real Madrid shut him out. Rudiger on this good form back from the American tour with the Germans shuts him down. What about well, well? Can uh, our boy Ramos maybe gets break some bones? Ramos red card in the forty third minute. Forty <laughs> third. Okay. Uh, what we got here? Atletico versus Celta Vigo. Two one Atleti on this one. I'll go two nothing. Celta can't score. They're in trouble. They're in uh, third to last. If they don't start making some changes, they're going to be flirting with uh, the second tier. And we talk about it a lot. Spain and Germany second tier is a desert, de- a yeah, desert island. It is. Try to get off of it if you wish. Girona versus Almeria. I'm going to get Girona's going to keep the good, get the good, the good times rolling. They get the uh, two to one yeah. win here. Yeah, Almeria is in dead last. Three nothing, Girona. And. Last one here I'll talk about is going to be Valencia and Cadiz because I think Valencia is an interesting story this year. They've they been important with relegation. They're trying to come back. They used to be a superpower in Spain. Uh, I'm going to say 2-2 on this one. Oh, you're going with the draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i go 2-1. Let's just give them the win. Let's keep it going. Keep this one going. Keep this story going. All right, switch it over real quick. France, we have a big one here. Nice and Marseille on Saturday at 3 p.m. God, this is a this is a trap one. For someone like me, I try to keep up with France. And and last time I watched these two play, I mean, it was it was a three to one to Nice, but I say Marseille bounces back. We'll give them two one. All right, I'm gonna go Nice three to one over Marseille in this one. Okay, yeah. I like it. PSG versus Strasbourg. Will PSG continue to stumble out of the gates? What do you think? Mbappe hat trick. Uh, we'll go four nothing. Oh wow, four nothing. Okay, two one. PSG squeak out the win over Strasbourg. Got you. Um, Monaco and Mets. Would let's see. Uh, I mean, Monaco right now, obviously first place. Yeah. They are. Mets is looking 15th. Good. You would think that they could uh, do some damage here. I'm going to go Monaco 2-0 over Mets. Yeah, I'll say this is going to be big. I mean, Monaco, very deadly. I'll go 3 nothing. All right, and this one I have to talk about because we're talking – one of the clubs I'm going to talk about, this is the Sunday match at 2.45 p.m. Lyon were royalty in France for so many years. Champions League, perennial Champions League qualifier – they currently find themselves they are, they are yeah relegation candidate number one in France, other than the team they're playing, Claremont Foot. If they cannot win this match, 
that I really don't know what else can be done for Leon. They sit currently on three points, and we could we could do a whole yeah focus on them one week, which we will. But okay, yeah. Leon and Clermont Foot. There has to be some separation. And by the way, Clermont Foot has a match in hand over Leon, so it could actually Leon could be in dead last. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I just you know, like you said, they have uh, Lacazette is playing that- like I, I it just doesn't make any sense but Leon 1-0 over Claremont Foot to get the 6 points and that doesn't get him out of the the drop zone completely but at least does something to to boost them so I'm going to go 1-0 Leon win over Claremont Foot yeah i mean uh Claremont beat them last uh last season one yeah. nothing in, yeah. in Leon. so i, I got to see some revenge here i'll say Lacazette brace will go 2-1 2 to Leon. okay and lastly Serie A Italy the big match sunday 2:45 p.m. AC Milan Juventus this is going to be a good one what do you got yeah this would be good Gosh, that's a hard one, man. I'll just keep it simple. We'll go 1-1. We'll get the draw. No fireworks. So no fireworks between Milan and Juventus. Okay. Uh, We're going to see defense, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go a little bit. I think I'm going to go a little bit out of the box, and I think that Juventus are going to beat Milan 2-1 in this one. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I got I got Milan uh, losing their second match of the season, and Juve win this one two to one. The other other one, um, Napoli and Hellas Verona. Napoli obviously defending and reigning champions doesn't look like they're going to be able to defend that title very well. Uh, they they've been bleeding a lot lately. Can they stop it here against Verona? Yeah, uh, Oshiman's back. He's back in form. The, all the controversies over with Napoli's apologized about their crazy TikToks. I'll say Oshiman Brace will give them two nothing, two nothing. Defense okay. holds them. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with you. I think you think Verona scores, but Napoli win it two to one. Inter and Torino. I got this one. Lataro Martinez gets a brace. Torino puts one back in, but Inter get the three points. Saturday, 12 p.m., enter 2-1 to one over Torino. What do you got? one nothing, one nothing. Latoro with a penalty in the 85th minute. Okay. And I like that one. Last match is going to be Jose Mourinho's Roma against Monza. This is only big from the standpoint. Roma have been making a little bit of noise. They've won their last two recently. And, of course, Monza find themselves in a surprising seventh place right now. They also they they're they're undefeated in their last five. Nick, they have three draws yeah. and two wins, but undefeated nonetheless. So this is you know um, Roma three of their last five they've won. They've only lost one of their last five. So again, starting to gain a little bit of momentum. Who do you, who do you like in this one? Monza's a F one F one city. Uh, they just got new ownership. I was watching them in the second tier, third tier, actually seeing them come up. They had Balotelli play for them, I think last year or the year before to help them come up. Liverpool and new legend. Ownership is, Liverpool yeah, legend. Absolutely. City. Why, uh, he hate, <laughs> he hate me 
on his shirt. I think that was him, right? The he pulled his shirt up and said, "He hate me." I thought that was Rod Smart of the Carolina Panthers. That was named. Oh, oh my god! He was yeah. in the XFL with Vince McMahon. He was doing "He hate me." Yeah, I you, forget. Did, I forget did, what. Did, 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 wait a minute, Balotelli did that. Yeah, Balotelli lifted his shirt up and it, or it said "Why always me" or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. If he said "He hate me," I'm gonna little. I got to write him a letter of like, "Way to go, um, man." You did Rod but, Smart. He hate me, Rod Smart from the Carolina Panthers. Oh no, he did Why Always Me. I'm sorry. Okay. He hate me. I was, I'm, Rod, okay, I was gonna say if he did that. Yeah, he, he lifted trademark infringement. Yeah, I'm about to. Yeah, you can't see it, but he lifted his shirt up and it said Why Always Me. And it's funny you got David Silva in the background of the picture, uh, smiling, laughing at Balotelli. But anyway, Monza. A lot of uh, people good- laughed at Balotelli. Oh God. Yeah, they still are. He's actually doing good over in Turkey, but a good story Monza, but we'll say two, one to Roma. Jose's guys pull it out. Uh, Yeah. So that would put them three wins on the bounce and at 14 points moves them up nicely. He's heading towards the top five there. All right. Well, Rick, that wraps it up, man. Uh, International week or international break is is over club football back we gave our predictions on some of the bigger matchups on the more interesting matchups any final thoughts before we head out for tonight no nah, man ready for ready for some club ball we'll see international back in like three weeks i think and then uh, finally we yeah. are done with the foolishness we won't see it we'll see the african players go in january february so salah will take an exit for a little bit for afcon the cup of nations usually he does play in that uh so yeah man just geared up for club ball ready ready to see these uh tables flip upside down man mohammed salah starting in a club friendly for egypt jesus i know you're yeah. the club's hearts Oh, past. I know. I texted you and I said, dude, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I would have a heart attack. All right. Well, that takes care of it, man. We're going to get to see some good football. I'm going to be up early Saturday. I'm going to have the little one next to me. We're going to be rooting on the Reds. You know how it oh, is yeah. here at, at the house at the Casa de la Smith. So yeah. we're going to be rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling with the with, with Anfield, right? So yeah, huh? <laughs> 7:30 a.m. Yeah, man. I not look. I hey, look. I'm gonna have to call it an early night Friday. Okay. It's just, oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Beckham's Basement, and yeah, we're gonna check out. We're gonna turn the lights out down here in the basement and see all of you wonderful people again very shortly this weekend after the matches are done. Take care. All right, see you guys.